Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive, a show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Mr. Robot. Titled EPS 1.8 underscore M1RR0R1NG dot QT. God, I wanna I wanna do to these episode titles what Tyrell Wellick did to Sharon Knowles. <laughs> I wanna strangle every single one of these episode titles to death on the roof of Evil Corp and then deny having done it. To the detriment of myself and everyone around me. <laughs> Speaking of which, a uh, small correction from the last episode. I accidentally said that uh, Tyrell's wife, Joanna... Hey, I remembered her name. Uh, <laughs> I accidentally said that Joanna made it look like she was going into labor to fool the detectives. Uh, what she actually did was induce labor. So, I was mistaken... I'm dumb. I'm an idiot. Uh, I don't know how pregnant women work. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm dumb. That's the moral of the story. Also, screw these episode titles. They're so hard to read out loud. Anyway, all of that aside... God damn, this episode's amazing. It's so great. It's so fantastic. I love... Everything about it, it's perfect. Like, it takes the oh shit factor of the last episode and doubles down on it so beautifully. Pulling even more rugs out from under us. Like, there's just, there's just a stack of rugs on the ground. And they're just being pulled out from under us one at a time. And these last two episodes have done it in, like, very rapid succession. So, this episode picks up about where the last one left off. Where Mr. Robot shows up at Elliot's apartment and is like, Hey, so you just found out that Darlene's your sister and I'm your father? We need to talk. (laughs) 
We need to talk right now. Uh, by the way, I, I totally forgot the opening sequence. Uh, that flashback to Elliot in his father's uh, computer repair store, which is called Mr. Robot, by the way. Interesting. But that opening sequence is so, so great with the stolen money and the going to see Pulp Fiction. It's amazing. It's really, really amazing. But anyway. So. Elliot and Mr. Robot. Suffice it to say, in a bit of a rocky place, because Elliot thought his father is dead, and now here his father is, standing right in front of him. And he didn't remember he was his father for the longest of times. And now he's like, what the hell? What's happening? Why didn't you say anything? How are you alive? Uh, And it's just so, so brilliantly done with Elliot just yelling, what is happening? What is going on? Why won't you say anything? And Mr. Robot just saying, we can't do it here. I'll explain everything. I'll show you where I've been all this time, but it can't be here. People are watching us. Uh, The paranoia seeping from Elliot to Mr. Robot. So they go on this little trip to Washington Township, where Elliot grew up. Uh, We have this sequence at the train station, where Elliot remembers the voyages to the city. And then they go and explore their old house. And at one point, Elliot's like, hey... Remember that time you pushed me out a window? And Elliot just takes Mr. Robot and slams him against the window. And is like, you pushed me. And then you pushed me again while saying I deserved it the first time. Remember that? And Mr. Robot's like, no, 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 no. I didn't push you out the window that time. That was, like, no, it was, you were... I wasn't mad at you. You were angry at yourself. Like, this isn't the way you remember it. Blah, 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 blah. And then Elliot is just like, okay, I'll let go like you want me to. And then he lets Mr. Robot go. (laughs) And Mr. Robot falls way down to the ground. So then Elliot and Mr. Robot... They, like, limp towards the cemetery. Now, all this time, Angela and Darlene are freaking the hell out. Because, of course, they are. Elliot's going full-blown nutso. Elliot's just spinning out of control. And they catch up to him. Uh, There are some great moments with Angela and Darlene where Angela's like, Hey, What the hell is happening? Like, even if we find Elliot, I can't talk to him. Also, why the hell are you so concerned? You were never close to Elliot anyway. Why are the two of you spending so much time together? Ever since you got back to the city, you two have been spending so much time together and he's been getting more and more isolated. What is happening? 
But they catch up to Elliot and Mr. Robot at the cemetery. As Angela and Darlene are running up, Mr. Robot's like, look, they're going to try to separate us again. I won't let that happen. I won't leave you again. I will always be with you. He sits down at a tombstone. And then Angela and Darlene run up to him and are like, who are you talking to? And Elliot's like, I, 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 I'm talking, I'm talking to hit. And Mr. Robot is gone. And in his place is a tombstone. With his father's name on it. Elliot's father did die of leukemia. That part was true. It is also true that Mr. Robot has been making himself known to Elliot. Mr. Robot is not real. Mr. Robot has never existed. Mr. Robot has been a figment of his imagination, of Elliot's imagination this entire time. In fact, no, it is more accurate to say that Elliot is Mr. Robot. Every time someone would talk to Mr. Robot, they were talking To another side of Elliot. They were talking to an alternate persona of Elliot. Every time Mr. Robot would appear to Elliot. It was another side of his psyche. Reaching out and saying, hey, remember that this is a thing. Or, hey, you should do this. Elliot and Mr. Robot are one in the same. Holy shit. Oh my god. That cemetery scene, by the way, stuff of legend. It is so perfectly handled uh, between Rami Malek's performance, uh, Angela and Darlene's very subtle hints at uh, he's not real, here's not real, uh, Portia Doubleday and Carly Chaikin's performances on that. Uh, Rami Malek sort of freaking out while at the same time the narration is sort of piecing the bits together. Like... Did you know about this? Did you know about this? Oh, it's... Now I'm understanding. Now I'm understanding. You're gonna make me say it, aren't you? I'm Mr. Robot. And suddenly, like, just like with the Darlene reveal, so much makes sense. Of what's come before. Uh, Some of the blocking has been very intentionally constructed to telegraph 
on a second viewing, yeah, these are definitely the same person. Mr. Robot's definitely not real. He is definitely just an extension of Elliot. They're definitely one of the same. Uh, the ways in which Mr. Robot would show up. The ways in which Mr. Robot would interact with people. The ways in which conversations would play out. All of it. Like, it's another one of those things where it's, it's staring you right in the face on a second viewing. First viewing, oh, this is just some weirdo mentor dude with some secrets. And then suddenly it shifts to, oh yeah, this is obviously a fight club situation. In fact, it's interesting that I just organically came up with fight club. Because as if to... Hammer home the Fight Club comparison. As if to give a wink and a nod to the audience. Uh, yeah. We're fully aware we're doing Fight Club. That final scene in the episode with Elliot and Tyrell, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. Over that, we get this great piano cover of Where Is My Mind. A song which over the decades has become inextricably linked with Fight Club. And specifically, the twist of Tyler Durden, Brad Pitt's character, is just an alternate persona of Ed Norton's character, and he's just in his head. And it's been Ed Norton the entire time. Which, by the way, I'm gonna give two... Very controversial opinions. One, that piano cover in Mr. Robot, 50 times better than the actual song. It's so good. And it's way better than the original Where's My Mind could ever have been. Second, Where's My Mind outside of the context of Fight Club? Not that great of a song. I'm just gonna say it, like, if it wasn't for Fight Club, Where Is My Mind would have faded into obscurity as the mediocre nothing that it is. It's only because of the connection to Fight Club that anyone cares about that song. And don't get me wrong, like, Where Is My Mind is a perfect companion to Fight Club. Like, that that film elevated the song by a lot. But I listened to the song... In preparation, like, I listened to the actual original song in preparation for this, for this episode. It's not great. It, it, it's not a great song. So, two controversial opinions. I'll leave it up to you whether or not that's, uh, actually accurate. So, yeah, suffice it to say, Elliot has now fully embraced the fact that he's literally a psychopath and is just fully nuts. Uh, while all this is happening, we got a couple of subplots going on. Uh, Gideon is freaking out over the aftermath of that all-safe hack. 
Uh, he is struggling to keep the pieces together. He's talking to his husband about like, uh, the we're we're hanging on by a thread. We got hacked. Now, normally a company could come back from that, but we're a cybersecurity company, so we're screwed. He goes to that disk drive place. That Elliot visited with the White Rose and the Dark Army. And finds that it's just burned down. He calls Evil Corp and finds out that that server is no longer a honeypot. And is like, what the hell? What you need to turn you need to make that back into a honeypot. And the guys are like, No, we can't do that. We're under strict orders from Tyrell Wellick to make sure it stays not a honeypot. So he's just spiraling out of control. Meanwhile, Angela. In the aftermath of that class action lawsuit actually gaining traction, uh, not much is happening. She went over to the law firm fully expecting, I'm going to help out, I'm going to stick it to the man. And they're like, no, you can't do this. It's going to be a few years before anything happens. And you need to find something else to do instead of just hang around here. You can't be a part of this. Meanwhile, Colby's just... Eh. I mean, they're talking a lot about how Colby could go down for something, but he's walking around pretty confident. Angela expected this big tidal wave, and not a whole lot is coming of it. And it builds this point where Terry Colby shows up in Angela's house, and is like, Hey, so, a lot of people are very impressed by you. Particularly me. So, if you want it. I can hook you up with a pretty lucrative gig. At Evil Corp. And Angela's like, what are you talking? You're insane. You're a crazy person. I would never get a job at the company that killed my mother. And Colby's like, look. Nothing's going to come of this lawsuit. It's going to be a few years. Your lawyers are going to exhaust all their resources. At the end of it, they're going to settle for like $100 million, which is a lot of money, but not to them. They'll get a slap on the wrist at best. And nothing will change. You want to change something, maybe you can change it from within. Because on the outside, nothing happens. So, uh, let them know by tomorrow, I'll show myself out. 
And so Angela's left with this big moment of, do I get in bed with the devil or do I just continue to flounder on the outside doing literally nothing? And then there's Tyrell. I feel like I'm saying that a lot lately because Tyrell's just, his whole world is weird. Tyrell is in the hospital with his wife and newborn child. His wife tells a story about how she had a child before and then put her up for adoption. And then she's like, hey, so I don't want you anymore. Unless you fix this situation with Knowles. Unless you find a way to salvage this, you are not a part of this family anymore. And so Tyrell goes into Evil Corp, fully prepared to go like, okay, okay, okay. We're ready to, to salvage this whole thing. And then Price shows up and says, hey, so apparently you're a person of interest in this Sharon Knowles case. And there's a lot of bad blood between you and Scott, who's definitely the CTO now. So, he will stay here, but you cannot. You're fired, bitch. So Tyrell... Basically, the door on Evil Corp has been closed. And he is gone. All of his dreams are cl- of climbing up the ladder at Evil Corp are shattered. So what's left for Tyrell? Where could he possibly go in a world post-Evil Corp? Well, there's always F-Society... Who literally just one episode ago, he said, had the real power and were the true gods of this world. And so he makes a surprise visit. What? He makes a surprise visit to Elliot's apartment. Darlene goes out to get Elliot his meds. And then the second she leaves, Tyrell shows up. And is like, okay, look, I know everything. I know your F society. I know about this, 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 and this. I don't know what you're doing, but you're going to tell me. Now, I'm not going to say there's an alternative if you don't tell me, but I will tell you that I did just murder a woman with my bare hands just a couple nights ago. Take that as you will. And that monologue from Tyrell in that moment, Martin Wallstrom, oh my god. God, it's so great. It's bone-chilling and amazing. It's incredible. So then Elliot takes 
Tyrell over to the arcade and tells him what he's doing. We're going to encrypt all of Evil Corp's data, all of their financial statements, all of everything. They won't be able to access it. And we're going to melt the backups in China and in Steel Mountain. And Tyrell's like, wow, you thought of everything. Why Why are you doing this exactly? And Elliot says, I don't know. I just wanted to save the world. And then they get to work. So, that's the second to last episode. So, we still got one more left. We are not done yet. I'm gonna shut up. I'm gonna shut up. I am not going to say anything about how this season ends. I'm not going to say anything about what that finale has in store. But, oh boy. Suffice it to say, it is pretty goddamn incredible. To say the least. Anyway, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archive so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as we go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 10, the season finale. Talk to you then.